Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, our heroes headed to a seedy part of town to investigate a toy store connected with the spread of the plague. After conversing with a soul-bound doll, the party won a hard-fought battle against vampires in the crawlspace, ending their reign of terror. What secrets does the toy store still hold? The Cursed Campaign continues now. tough combat for me i mean you you took one of them out with a stake before combat started yeah i, I feel like i did a, a whole lot of stuff last time and that golf yeah face. yeah a ton. <laughs> crawling around getting up to no good the good news is you only use cantrips all fight so uh you're full of, you still got plenty of spells what was a tick on spells <laughs> Unfortunately, when I found that magical monkey's paw a few weeks back and I wished for get tag teamed by vampires underground. <laughs> Little did you know. The finger curled down. <laughs> and this is what happened. Dear God. Oh. Oh, man. That was good. <laughs> I think you almost killed Chris. <laughs> yeah, I was really struggling to keep the sip of beer I just had taken. Oh, wow. You guys ever get up to any uh, cross space shenanigans? Besides tag team by vampires? <laughs> no, but that makes me want to go check mine out now. <laughs> How many vampires are in here? So I actually did have some adventures into crawl spaces. Never found any vampires, though. Uh, but when I was growing up, we would go up to visit our grandparents and our like we'd just hang out with our cousins. And, you know, we're like biking around on like the old tricycle that my grandparents had in their garage. And we found one day that like in between the house and the garage, there was a if you dropped down, there was like a small narrow room that was just filled with like leaves and cobwebs. So, of course, our first thought was, we need a clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, so we spent quite a bit of time digging out all the leaves, the gross bugs. It was a really sad clubhouse at the end of it. But we had a little meeting space for all of us cousins in between the actual house and the garage, like down underground. It was really creepy, but thankfully we didn't find anything undead or living. Yeah, I would have been more concerned about like animal den. Mm-hmm. Yup. Yup. That's pretty cool though. A little a little underground hideout room. Not not underground, but you know, but Yeah, I mean it, it kind of I guess went to kind of like a basement level because it and I think the the thing that kept it safe from a lot of animals was you had to access it from inside the garage. It wasn't an exterior entrance to it. Oh yeah, okay. Mm. Right, so small nice. animals probably could have gotten in there. But, but how the leaves get in? I don't know. But I, like there was just like gunk down there. Somebody filled it with leaves before they. <laughs> I want no kids getting down here. <laughs> if kids come down here, I'm gonna make it real tough for them to make this a clubhouse. I'll tell you what. <laughs> these leaves make good burning during the springtime. <laughs> 
So I guess I was trying to understand what is the difference between a crawl space and a basement? Mm-hmm. Crawl space is just shorter. Well, right. it's unoccupied, unfinished, narrow space bet- within a building between the ground and first floor, which is very confusing. Usually if you have a crawl space, you don't have a basement. That's, so we have mm-hmm. both, though. It's possible to have both. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. in our house, we have a basement and then we have like this itty bitty little crawl space. We had a very weird basement situation in Michigan because in Michigan, it's like pretty common to have mud basements. And I don't see that as much like anywhere else I've been. But in Michigan, we had mud basement. And it, all, all mud basements, I swear, they have like, at least everyone that I was in always had weird little rooms or like weird little hidey holes. It wasn't quite crawl space areas, but they weren't like, it wasn't just like an open space underneath. Yeah, it had. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. I've seen it. Yeah. It looks very murder basement-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we had. Speaking of murder basements, do you remember the time you lived in that house that just had a unenclosed toilet in the basement? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was at your house because I'm pretty sure I've gone to the bathroom in that toilet. Yes, we did send people to go to, to the, the bathroom down there. It was a toilet. very creepy little toilet and it had no door and it was just kind of freestanding. My aunts and uncle's house is like that. They had just have like a freestanding toilet in the basement and there was one there was one Christmas where we were over there and you know, I've been known to indulge in alcohol sometimes around the holidays, sometimes not. And I was hitting the booze pretty hard. Because my uncle knew that I like the regional beverage hams and picked up a a 30 rack, which is, uh, for those of you who are unaware, that's 30 beers in one pack. Um, I don't know how many people who listen to the show also listen to Hideous Laughter podcast, so I'm kind of over explaining what hams is. Break down what a can is for us. but <laughs> and it cannot. But the, the they just have a freestanding toilet in the middle of their uh, basement, which it sounds like it's a pretty similar situation to what you had, Haley. There was also a freestanding shower. It was just like not a bathroom. Oh, interesting. Because this was also not a bathroom, <laughs> but didn't have a freestanding shower. Instead, had a freestanding fridge. So, <laughs> so it was like, ah, oh, I'm done with this beer. I kind of could need you to reach take it a from beer. the toilet. Yes. Okay. So it was just like, that's, that's I'm going to like take a pee and get a beer at the same time. And I was doing a one in one out situation. So it's uh, less a crawl space and more of a sit space. Yes. <laughs> this Usually. Is, has little to do with crawl spaces. But basically what I'm saying is there's a freestanding toilet and a fridge full of hams in yeah. a basement once that I was in. I think it's typical for those basements to give you two amenities and it's kind of a dealer's choice. Oh, sure. Get. Yeah. Well, yeah. in most basements, washer dryer. Mm-hmm. Some basements, freestanding toilet, toilet shower. So well, yeah, some basements, walls. So here's the thing, though, in that basement with the toilet and the shower, there's no door or anything on it. But that is also where the washer dryer is. So like, if you went to go use that bathroom, you also had to tell. You and at the time, me down there, we had three roommates hey. who all, most of them had friends or significant others over like all the time, and so it was like. Okay, anybody possibly down there using the freestanding toilet? Hey, hope Some- you don't need to wash your linens. <laughs> it's pretty bad down here. Someone's loading up the dryer while another roommate's taking a deuce. <laughs> Classic. You yeah. can do both at once if you have to down there. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, the only other thing about our house is, like, again, not, not a crawl space, but we've now had two homes that have little doll doors. In the attic. Oh yeah, I don't like the little doll mm. door. Mm-mm. I do not little like doll. That. Well, I mean, this the, the the guy you met upstairs likes a little doll door. Ugh, true. I 
I only have one crawl space story and I was looking back on it as an adult. I'm kind of astonished that the adults in the situation didn't really deal with this. Okay. Um, so my, my dad had a coworker and, uh, she, she worked for my dad because at the time my dad's architecture firm was a little bit bigger, like pre, you know, 2008 housing, housing crash. And he would always give her the day off on days that it snowed in exchange. She would take all of the kids from the architecture firm to her. Like she lived in a big like farmhouse Mm -hmm. and the farmhouse didn't have a basement. It just had a crawl space. It was like a mud crawl space, but you could get into it from the house. It almost had like a basement door, but it was like, you know, just a couple steps down. And then you were in this like, five foot tall mud basement oh this is like a john wayne gacy basement situation yeah go ahead kind of yeah but uh the thing was they had this i think seven or eight foot long black snake down there nope i'm sorry what there was this black (laughs) snake that had found its way into their crawl space and lived there and they would like always bring the shed skin up and like you know Show it to the kids, right? Like it, it was like seven feet long. It was one of those huge, like rat snakes. So it wasn't dangerous per se, but they never got rid of it. And we had unrestricted access to the crawl space. So it was just down there, like the fucking <laughs> chamber of secrets. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like the, the basilisk in the chamber of secrets was available to the children of Hogwarts to stumble upon. That was this house. And the adults did nothing about the snake. What okay, was your relationship yeah. to them again? <laughs> Run that by me one more time. Our parents were coworkers, <laughs> so every so every time there was a snow day, we would go to their house, which in you know in Pennsylvania winters is fairly often. So, just to clarify, <laughs> your parents' coworkers invited your family over and said, "Hey, Mister and Missus Norman, your kids can play in our crawl space, which is mud and has a seven foot long they snake." They can play no, in no, our think, think, snake. No, the deal was. My dad would drop us off on snow days. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, don't worry. Your so kids will be very entertained with the snake. Exactly. I, also, I don't think it was ever said. Say hi to the snake for me. <laughs> it kept the, keeps the rodents out of the basement, at least, right? Right. But it was, like, it was like warm down there from the heat of the house. So the mm-hmm. snake could survive like winters down there. So it was particularly active during snow days. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing must have ate well, because like by the between the time I started going there and the time I stopped going there, the shed skin had grown by about two feet. It was like a nearly nine foot long snake. Down there. Yeah. So I was initially dismissive of this idea and rather cynical, but seems kind of necessary. If yeah. it's like, I guess if it's, if, it's like getting, eat, if yeah. it's getting if it's killing that many rats down. There. Right. I feel like you should fix your rat problem. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Don't it, You're right. Get because, another snake. Because <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I can emphasize this enough. The door to the crawl space was like a barn, not like the sliding barn door, like a couple slats of wood nailed together barn door. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like old rustic yeah. wood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that a creature, Good call furniture. it a snake. <laughs> Could probably squeeze its seven foot ass through. Oh, no doubt. 
And they just never dealt with it. I was going there for like five years. The situation seems, seems pretty stable. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a delicate ecosystem. And they didn't want to disrupt it, but yeah. <laughs> Because then the rats I just, take I can't dominion. believe that as an adult, looking back on my childhood, I can't believe that it was just like, it's a rat snake. It's not going to hurt you. I would have had concerns. It's more afraid of you than you are of it. I don't think so. It's twice my height. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a tough sell. I don't know. I I just imagine. So I, I live in an apartment. I'm on the third floor. I don't have a basement or a crawl space, but like I do have an attic which is a similar space just in a ceiling instead of on the floor. It's like if I knew that there was a seven-foot living up there, I'd make some calls. I don't know. Like, I don't know how you could feel safe living there with that just around. Seven foot. I'll tell you what. the uh, That snake's not the only one who has a, had a good meal in a crawl space. Do you have a story you want to share? You're just talking about the vampires? No, there? no, no. I No, this is a personal thing for me. My childhood at home had a crawl space growing up too. And, you know, sometimes when you're a kid, you just want to have a little alone time to yourself. So <laughs> sometimes I would just grab, you know, a magazine, crawl up into the crawl space, and eat some of the cotton candy there, and just enjoy myself a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, this, a lot. It, it, it's the bestest. <laughs> On that note, I need to give out a hero point. And uh, this one is definitely going to Vec because uh, the party needed him in, yes, in that sweetest. part of the combat. Uh, so this is from Ellie who says, get ready. For more of the same. No, wait, no, please, no. <laughs> wait a second. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, thank you, Ellie. Yeah, I appreciate I, it. I don't know what she means by that, but I'm excited. Oh, yeah? For more of the same. I want to know what's in the loot. Oh, yeah, I guess I did leave you guys on that note. So when last we left our heroes, they made their way to Jitoro's toys. They found a large stinking pile of bodies, and something was strange. Not all the bodies seemed to have succumbed to the disease that has been around the city of late. They weren't blotchy. They were just, you know, pale. And after entering through a back crack in Giotoro's toys, they found a um, soulbound doll whose name they never asked, <laughs> surprisingly, whose name they never asked, that told them a bit about what had been going on. Uh, Mr. Giotoro was dead, sucked dry by multiple vampiric creatures. And they were residing under the business. So the party went down and dealt with them uh, at great expense to their hit points and mm. their maximum hit points in Sylvie's case. And that's where we find them still in this crawl space. Yeah. Obviously, Mir would be spending a lot of time healing, but she's just going to do regular old medicine checks. So I, I don't know if we want to do anything with that. But otherwise, I want to look at the loot. No, I imagine you guys can stick around down here for a little time and Mir can get everyone yeah. healed up or between Mir and Vec doing yeah I, I got the like the static the 21 with the lay on hands um, when you open this container you find 28 gold pieces and an unusual liquid and unusual hide armor Ooh! oh I wear hide armor I can roll a nature check and see what it is I mean, everyone could roll a magical tradition. Yeah, you could roll a magical tradition check to figure out what it is. 
Neat. A natural 20. Ooh. Wow. 21. Mir, you doing that on the armor? Um, yeah, I was going to look at the armor. Okay. Wait, how is your nature check a 21 with a natural 20? Sorry, 31. I was about to say, you're supposed to be good at that. Like, <laughs> really <am>. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a 17 on the die, but it doesn't beat that. Okay. Uh, well, you needed a 24, but you got it. Yeah. This is, this armor is like gray and it is tanned like a hide and stitched together. And it seems like great pain has been taken to get the stench out of it. But you do smell something when you take a whiff of it. It smells like grave dirt. This is what's, what's known as ghoul hide. <laughs> it's a suit of plus one hide armor wow. that grants you a plus one item bonus to saving throws against disease and paralysis and makes you immune to the paralysis of ghouls. Wow. Now that's interesting. I do not wear hide. That is cool. I am wearing hide right now. And this, I, I mean, Diego would be so interested in this. This is so metal. Just the armor of like a dead enemy of like laying things to rest in spirits. Does any, is anyone else interested in this fantastic piece of, of <laughs> gear? I think I might be good. This seems like it was made for you. Vex still backed up in a corner. Gakin and him are slumped over. No, no, no. All you, brother. All you. Oh, that. What a phenomenal item. This is so cool. Uh, he has it on in a blink of an eye. Yeah. He's donning this. When you put it on, Diego, it, it hisses at you. Just for a moment. Huh. You can tell, like, that the, the old necromantic energy, the old creature that this once was it's like hatred is strong enough to pass beyond the grave now normally a creature like an elf a mortal enemy of a ghoul this armor would actually become noisy but for you i think it just notices the that you're like a fully living returned creature and it knows that like you have like the power of positive energy and so it briefly just like hisses at you it feels feels odd like wearing it and having it like yeah. hiss and crackle, but then it, it silences. You can hiss all you want. There is nothing you can do about it anymore. <laughs> how about for the? I do uh, love that. How about for the unusual liquid? This time I rolled a ten for a twenty-one. Okay. Anybody else? Sixteen. Awful. Not even gonna say it. <laughs> I can. Uh, I can. I can do an attempt too, just uh, just in case. Yeah. Uh twenty-one. Um, if anyone has any has multiple, you can roll one of the other ones. Ooh, that's bad that we didn't make it, but it means it's good because it's gonna be nice. Well, I can't. <laughs> no, I only have religion. I can't. I can't roll a second one. I have one more try. Oh, natural twenty. There it is. Yes. There we go. That's a twenty-seven. Okay. This is a very interesting consumable. It it appears to be a bottle of wine, but it's prepared using the blood of a creature with overwhelming vitality, and it soothes the body, mind, and spirit with a temporary sense of euphoria and rest. When you drink wine of the blood, you recover 2d10 hit points. Additionally, the wine attempts to counteract every negative emotion effect affecting you, with a counteract level of 3 and a counteract modifier of plus 9. Lastly, you gain a plus 1 status bonus to all will saves, or a plus 2 status bonus against emotion effects for one minute. 
All right, so probably either Vakarmir should hold this, be ready to heal people, and force this down their throat. I'm going to bet, right? I might just drink it. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) No, but yeah, it should go to one of us. I honestly don't really care. I'll just throw it in the bag of holding. Okay, that works for me. All right. I've been throwing our other consumables there. Were you guys able to split up the gold? Yeah. Okay, perfect. It's seven each. Mir, while you're healing everybody, I want you to make me a uh, a medicine check. Okay. And this isn't really to determine any sort of uh, healing that you do. We're kind of hand-waving that. 22. Yeah, with a 22, Sylvie's dream looks particularly severe. You can tell that the blood, the amount of blood removed from her with each of these... It was significant, like more significant than any fight she's fought so far and lost blood. Uh, You know that when these creatures drain someone, that drain doesn't act like normal drain. Instead, that condition takes a week to resolve itself. So you will reduce your drain condition by one per week unless you can get Sylvie emergency blood transfusions, which will require a medicine check and significant blood from a blood donor which can reduce the drain by one after ten minutes guys I don't think we're going to be able to do that what's your blood type there's uh, no blood type Oneg, since- Oneg you can't get <laughs> the universal donor but not the universal acceptor <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, I thought I was going to be reasonably okay because Sylvie can heal to drain while sleeping instead of uh, just one overnight, but... Now, what I'll say is, like, that ability can apply to this. It's still a weak duration, but, you know, I know you're drained, too, so you could resolve the two drain in a week, but, yeah, it's a a very long time without a blood transfusion. And even, like, the amount removed was about four times what we get, like, taken... Like, you've lost almost half your blood here with the drain, too from these vampires. Jeez. So you're like, that that kind of fatigue you might get after like a blood donation, you're feeling that in an extreme way and that's manifesting and just like, you're kind of sickly at this point, which is going to make it difficult to survive in a city ravaged by plague. Yeah, my fortitude save is down and my hit pool max is down as well. Yeah. I would feel scared to adventure under such a condition like that. We could spend the money to get scrolls of resurrect or uh, of restoration at third level. They're 30 gold each if we pooled gold to purchase those, if we can even purchase those. Um, I mean, or or like with a willing donor. you. Could, oh, yeah. Yeah. We could just uh, transfuse. You, know, you could try the transfusion. I think transfusion is the right call. I think we just need to get some blood in her stat. So uh, how we get a willing donor? Well, there's a pile of bodies, uh, or just just like outside. Like bodies, though. I was gonna say, does the donor then become drained? No, you would only you would only like remove enough for like you you couldn't you wouldn't want to remove as much as she has lost. Mm-hmm. You would be able to make her feel better with about half the blood she's lost. So at this point, you would need two donors who, on their own, would not feel drained, yeah. but would give her essentially enough to remove the drain condition each time. So she wouldn't be at like full blood, but it wouldn't be affecting her. This sounds like something we would need like oh not 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 a vec, not a mirror, like an actual surgeon to do. This is like 
medieval times. We're talking about blood transfusions. Hey, we got a risky surgeon right over here. That's that, no, like, I mean, may, maybe if we roll checks and the system just says we can, but like, it's not easy to do this. And also, I mean, like, you need right, right. But you see, like, so, action movies and they do it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but this isn't that. I, I mean, sure. It is it, the equivalent of that. It's high fantasy. I guess. Right. I volunteer as a donor. All right. I know I normally do surgery in 10 minutes, but I think I can do a blood transfusion in about 10 minutes. But I'd prefer to do it not on this dirt floor. Maybe we go up to the uh, little toy wood shop and uh, I'm going to need both you, Vec, and you, Diego, to go ahead and volunteer your arms for me. There is someone we're forgetting. Figgy, will you volunteer your blood for us? No. You're not sure the cross species will work. <laughs> cross species? Do we need human? You're not sure that cross humanoid. Oh my god, I thought you were about to be like, that, like, we gotta go find another one of her. <laughs> I mean, Sylvia. Yeah, I mean, ideally, ideally, it would be from uh, Sylvia's family, but um, I mean, I could just you can, care. and you maybe can try and make it work. Not from the person who thinks he might be sick. Mm. Yeah. But if he's our, I guess I don't know what's like worse. Hypochondriac right now, though. We wouldn't know. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. Perhaps, perhaps we can ask Vin Carlo if he'd be willing to donate. Or if he can ask Blackjack if he's available. Beck, are you really saying you won't help? No, I never said that. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no, I we're, know. We're, we're, uh, no, I don't know. I, may, maybe I um, It could be a cold or perhaps I'm, I'm imagining the whole thing. I might not be sick, um, but yes, obviously I'll, I'll I'll donate what I can, Sylvie. He pauses like a little bit longer than a long time because he's not thinking about the disease. He's thinking about the fact that he has like immortal blood in himself. Oh, you don't want to share? No. I feel like that'd be perfect to help her. <laughs> no, but but to him, it's not a boon. It's a curse. And for a second, he weighs in his mind, am I making another one of me, someone who is destined to see all of their friends and family die and be wandering this world by themselves? And then he kind of thinks about it and he is willing to take the risk and doesn't think that a little bit of blood is going to change something, but truly he doesn't know. I appreciate all of your sacrifices. It is very kind of you to help me in such a sad state. Yeah, we'll, we'll do what we can. Yeah. Okay, sure. All right, how do we do this then? Well, yeah, I guess Mir's gonna do this. Um, do I just roll medicine? It's just a medicine check. I mean, honestly, it doesn't say like what kind of, like if you would need a better medicine kit. I, I assume you just can. I'm gonna use a hero point. Okay. So I roll a two. Is it is it one medicine check for the whole thing? One per. Okay, because I can try to aid on the Diego one. Probably aid on the yeah yeah on the one that you're not participating in. I'll guidance myself, and I'll only crit fail on a natural one. Oh, I succeed, so you get an aid on this. Then thirty-one. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, with a thirty-one. Um... You know, it's it's decently difficult, and I think you actually have to like, kind of like a. It, it, you guys have all seen Finn after 
because our, our dog Finn has kind of had to have surgery and that kind of thing. So you have to like shave the spot like right by Diego's elbow <laughs> because he's like so furry, but he's like a big, strong cat. So it's really easy for you to find his vein. You hit it. You um, you do the same for Sylvie after applying negative pressure and the blood flows successfully, um, removing one of the drain conditions. Um, because that was a critical success, there's no detriment for, for any of it. I hate needles, but I'm sitting down and stomaching this. <laughs> All right. Hates needles, but loves yarn. Are you supposed to? <laughs> it's tough. Are you supposed to exist? All right. And then it comes time to, um, to do the transfusion from Vec. Uh, you now have experience. That was probably like your first one. You've read about it in like medical books, but... So I'll be honest, I haven't really studied medicine at all, so uh, I'm really glad that worked out for us all. Now that I've got some experience, this will probably go really well. Uh, Vec, yep. you're up. All right, okay. Um, Whatever it takes. If, if you're able to help me out at all, um, I won't say no, because again, this is uh, my second time doing this. I'll try to I'll try to aid. I can only critical fail on a one through a three. Okay. I don't succeed, but I don't crit fail. Okay. Give me that roll. Is this Vec helping or no? I, 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 I? Gonna, I'm gonna say he can't if he's okay. actively the I didn't need it. I got a nineteen on the die for a thirty three. There we go. So yeah, you're very successful at this transfusion and Vec, you feel no pain. The only difficulty really for you is, Amir, you notice that like the wound acts strange on Vex's side and actually takes a bit for like the blood to actually get flowing. Uh, you don't have to prick him multiple times. You're pretty sure you're in the vein, but like it just like it, it flows a little and then it stops in the tube and then it flows a little and then it stops in the tube. Oh, does like keep healing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is his blood chunky? It's not chunky. It's <laughs> just it's just not like it's not, it. it it, it's weird. It's something that you haven't experienced before. Um, Sylvia, I need you to make me two saves. Ooh, um, okay. I need you to make me a fortitude save first. And now, is this with or without the drain on? This is without the one point of drain on. Okay. But with, uh, so you have one drain when you're okay, making the okay. save. This is like happening as you're receiving the transfusion. Oh, dirty blood. <laughs> okay. Not too shabby. That is a 27. Okay. Uh, now make me a will save. Oh. Hmm. Uh-oh. Okay, I have a few bonuses. Hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like the sound of that. Just tell me the bonuses and I'll apply them. Uh, so if this is a mental effect to control me, uh, I get a plus two. Or a sleep or dream effect. Okay. I got bad news. Probably not one of them. <laughs> yep. Uh, I don't know if I should use a hero point on this, but it's definitely going to fail. Up to you. You know what? I have two, so why not? I'm getting... What was the second one? Didn't really matter much. It's only one better. So uh, that's a 13. Oh. Okay. A 13 is not a critical failure. However, you do... It's strange. You The, the needle's pulled out and your wound closes. It's like one drop of blood. Hmm. For the next one day, every time you are healed 
from positive energy, you are healed for half. A curse. Oh no. Now, any other means of healing, you're fine. But positive energy specifically. We don't really see any of that kind of happen. Yeah, you, you, you don't know. I'm having you write it down so that you remember. Great job, Mirror. You've proven yourself to be a bona fide blood lord. I, I would agree. I'm pretty good at this stuff, actually. Honestly, not bad. Considering the circumstances, this is great. You should open a clinic or something. I just hope it's not beginner's luck. <laughs> I do feel much better. Thank you all for your sacrifice. It is much appreciated. I would not have even come close to surviving that combat without all of your help. Well, that's who we are. We have seen some stuff together, but we are a team. I'm here because you're still alive. You're still alive because I'm here. You know, you don't need to thank anybody. That was really intense. Should we, now that we're up above the crawl space, should we check out this uh, northern kind of shop room before we do anything with this Alpine Shepherd yes. Boy character? It's good to see you all made it out of the, uh, the crawl space. Did you take care of the creatures, the blood and suckings down there? Can you imagine this kid <laughs> tells us to go downstairs and the shit he hears... Uh, in yep. a crawl space as we're fighting three vampire spawn. It sounded more like a rumpus and ruckus room down there. I, we took care of them, uh, but we we're majorly hurt, and that's why we actually had to come up here and uh, deal with that before we could move on. Did you did you think about those things that we were looking for you to think about uh, as far as to, you know, send you off eventually? I did. I remembered something. Uh, Papa told me one time and I remember the story he told me about and he kind of like points at his hat he's got like this kind of sprig of um, of mistletoe like sewn into the liner of his hat in my old life when I died it was on ascension day it was he was going to a academy dance I remember and uh, I had brought this along because I was going to see a uh, a girl there. And it being Ascension Day, we had mistletoe. And I was uh, hoping to get my first kiss. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> but it never happened. Well, mate, unfortunately, I can't help you out. I'm not a young lass. Sounds like Sylvie could help. I do no. not really want to kiss a child. I've been in the shop for 30 years. I'm not quite so young. But, um... Oof. It just has to be a quick pet. The, the reason I remembered was because there was a, a young green-skinned girl that went to my academy. Her name was Cora. Oh my god. No. Is there anyone in this room, after sharing that anecdote with us, that you're particularly taken with? <laughs> I happen to have I a type. I think it's my mom. <laughs> guys, I th guys, I think it's my mom. 
my mom's car off. Get your mom <laughs> wait, over wait, here, wait, then. Wait, hold up, really? Yes. Oh. oh. Wait, <laughs> could he be your... F- no, it's like a medieval dance. <laughs> you dummy! It's like eleven years old. <laughs> Let's just think about the possibilities here. Absolutely not. So <laughs> the way you delivered that really got me good. <laughs> All right, Mir's gonna walk over and kind of really awkwardly reach out and try to pick this doll up. Okay. To to. See if she could carry it outside, because we have to go to my mob now, apparently. Or do I have to kiss him? God well, damn I mean, it! <laughs> try and see what happens. You should have seen, listeners. You should have seen the way Grift raised an eyebrow <laughs> uh, suggestively at that question. You know, you quite remind me of her, the girl I brought the mistletoe for. Lord. All right, uh, and then uh, Mir's gonna very quickly, just so very fast peck this doll. Mirror, you have to put some heart into it. Does it talk again? And maybe one of the half-orc tusks catches on his <laughs> collar. He kisses this doll on the lips. <laughs> and um, you can see he's already picked the mistletoe. Oh my has God. it like hanging oh uh, over the two of you. And because you've picked him up at this point. And yes, he, he does kind of go lifeless. And now it's just a doll. And you never got his name. I'll go ask my mom, I guess. Yeah, I guess you could ask her about that story. You're the only one I know who sent someone to the afterlife with a kiss. A kiss of death. I can't believe this was someone who had a crush on my mom. <laughs> so weird. So uncomfortable. Was a nice thing that you did for him. Now we can be at peace. That's great. I, uh... I guess I am glad I didn't need to bring my mom into this. It'd be it, really awkward. It could have been worse. He could have asked you to galt. What? Oh, ew. Oh, to French? Yeah. You oh. Uh, you will notice that he should be lootable. Oh, yeah? Oh. Is it working for you guys? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What is this? The mistletoe itself looks to be a fairly high-level thing. So this is what's known as primeval mistletoe. Um, It gives a plus one item bonus to nature checks. In addition, uh, you can hold it to activate it, uh, which allows you to either change a um, cast shillelagh on a a club or staff, or you can uh, cast tree shape upon yourself. Except instead of becoming a tree, you become a vine on a tree that you touch. That's how I could get a plus one striking weapon, but at the same time, I don't use a club or a staff. Well, you get a plus one item bonus to your nature checks. Yeah, that's nice. And then the tree shape will be fun. This will be a good reminder. (laughs) Remember that one time you kissed a little boy, though? No, I don't like that. I don't (laughs) like that. Everyone's like kind of looking away, but you know they all saw it. And it's like, eh. Mir, if you're a little embarrassed by this, there are a ton of other dolls here that we could all kiss so that we're all on the same level here. All right, then do it. There's a little stuffed cat in the corner. (laughs) Diego walks up to it, picks it up, gives it a big old smooch. (laughs) Diego, come on. (laughs) I'm just trying to... uh, just trying to relieve the anxiety of the situation here. All right. 
So what are you guys doing? You uh, checking out the next room? Yeah, northmost room, just to just to be thorough. Okay. Yeah, as exciting as this all was, we have no idea what this has to do with the plague, which oh, is yeah. why we are here. There could be a till in this room with coins in it or a ledger, maybe. Who knows? Who knows what's beyond this door? Uh, we'll see. I would like to attempt to open the door. It's open. I mean, it's it's unlocked. You can go ahead and you know, as you guys examine this, you can make me a perception check. Natural 20 for a 29. I am alert. Perception. Sylvie's still trying to recover a bit. Only a 13. 23. Uh, Vec has Sylvie whipped with a 14. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Diego sees it first. It appears to be a lockbox. And you know you, you would have found a set of keys on Jatoro's body, so I'm not going to make you uh, break this thing open. I unlock the box. Yeah. Uh, so you do find some coins in here. Two platinum pieces, five gold pieces, and 12 silver pieces. Um, and then you find a key, and the key is marked with the number 261. I would allow a society or a religion check here. Religion will be a 16 from Vec. Society is a 19 for Sylvie. You realize, Sylvie, that this is with the, with the kind of heraldry and the fact that it's all gold. You think this is for a deposit box at the Bank of Abadar. That is a great find. And that wouldn't necessarily be like where they would have deposited their money, right? Like this would have been like an item? This is like personal vault where you could keep items or you could keep gold or you could keep... It wouldn't really be like your bank account Mm -hmm. stuff. It would be like... I think it would be more like if I had like gems to set aside or I had that kind of thing. Like things that aren't actually money. You could... Better valuable. You could put them in a in a deposit box at a bank. So we will hold up the key. Next time we are at the Bank of Abadar, we should check out the contents of this box. It would be an interesting, uh, interesting find to see what they they were keeping locked up. I, I agree. Indeed. Looking around the room, though, it's really just toys. With the meager amount of money in here, you're not sure that Jatora did like a ton of business, but there's no evidence that you've found that this is like a front, like Vec might have originally thought. It might just be a poor guy in a, that could only afford a shop in like a really poor part of town. Or, like some of you might know, this part of town might have not have always been so bad. Like before the shingles overtook the roofs, this mm-hmm. could have been sure um, an actually nice part of Old Corvosa. Well, I feel like today has already been a heavy one for all of us. I'm sure we're all a bit tired from this. Do we want to either trek back to the bank or, um, you know, settle settle down for a bit, not move on to the next lead that we have and, and take take the rest of the day easy? I think going to the bank wouldn't be strenuous, at least. We could go to the bank and then maybe relax, uh, do any shopping if we need to or something, or maybe just sleep. <laughs> I fully agree. I need a night to rest and recollect my thoughts and myself, but I would love to see what's in this Dropbox. I am also in need of a good night's rest. 
But before we move on further, after the transfusion, I'm feeling much better, but I uh, need a little bit of just plain healing to get back to my full health. Oh, yeah, because your maximum was lowered by yep. 20. So I'm down yeah, 10 Mir- hit points. Mir- yeah, will. Yeah, roll it up. We're good. Yeah, Mir- yeah. so it'll, it'll be fine. You can get that in 10 minutes and be good. I guess it's a it's a bit of an interesting thing here. So you, you came here looking for the answer to one question. There doesn't seem to be any foul play in terms of, you know, making a contagion <laughs> poison coins. But there was foul play in another way, and you might have solved some of the uh, Bank of Avatar's problem with carts going missing and bodies going missing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could certainly go back there and tell them to either send, like, Farazmans up here to deal with this situation and maybe put the... Because you've staked the, the undead down there, but you know that, like, as Vec knew about vampires, like, they need to be either beheaded and doused in holy water or they need to be, like left out in the sun to be fully destroyed. So right now they're they're inert, but they're not destroyed. So bringing that information to the bank could have that kind of get cleared up for you by either the Abadarans or the Phrasmans. Mm-hmm. And you have a couple other leads that you could follow on subsequent days. But as far as the case of the coin contagion, it doesn't seem to have started a Jatoros. Hmm. Okay. It's unfortunate that we didn't solve that mystery, but I mean, we achieved other things. It's part of the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that there won't be something that comes out of the safety deposit box? I think we head back. Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a great idea. So you head back and, you know, this, this took some time and getting to and from took some time. I think by the evening, if you head to the bank, that crowd has kind of abated for the day, knowing that the um, knowing that the clerics kind of exhaust all of their spells in the first few hours of the day, you know, there might be people like sitting around camping out for it, kind of like there were at um, Lavenders, but they're certainly not crowding the entrance to get in. So you can easily get inside, and I assume you seek out Ashani, because yeah. he's your contact here. Hello, friends. Uh, did you follow up on Jitoro's uh, toys? I, I assume that was where you're, you were going from our conversation. We did. We uh, we explored the premises. It seemed that there was some sort of vampire spawn that had taken up residence at the toy shop. And they were taking advantage of the situation, taking dead and draining people of their vitality. Unfortunately, it didn't seem like we have any clear understanding of where the contaminated coins came from or a specific lead from there. But what we did find interesting was that this um, this toy maker, he had a key, a key for a safety deposit box here in the vault. Oh, well, if he is no longer living, then the key would belong to whoever found it. Is Finders keepers, yeah. I'm familiar with that one. Exactly. Uh, a, the Abadar, Abadar in law. Finders keepers. <laughs> it is uh, you know, quite common for people to come in with deceased people's keys to see what was in their lockbox, so I'm sure it is. 
What what of the vampires spawned? Were you able to... Now, we neutralize the threat per se, but they're all staked in a basement. If someone were to remove the stakes, they could just restart doing their old shenanigans. I would suggest that maybe a cleric or two of Abadar, or perhaps one of your friends in the Farazmin clergy make their way over there and take care of business. We were not able to. We were not equipped to do that, you understand. Hmm. I think before we get the Church of Farazma involved, I do have an acquaintance at the Church of Asmodeus, if you want to... Well, my only thought is these vampire spawn have arrived in the city at quite a convenient time to be hiding among the bodies. I have a friend, uh, Salandor, at the Church of Asmodeus that might be willing to take one of them and question it. We couldn't ask the Pharasmans to do that. They most likely would destroy it. But that may be an avenue for more information. And fortunately, you haven't told anyone else, so I can have that arranged. But it's up to you. We could certainly... You did the cleanup, and it's your call. Diego whispers into Vex's ear. Mm, that seems prudent, but we should stipulate that they are put to rest regardless of what information they give. Indeed. I've got no love for the Esmodians, but if Ashani trusts them, I have no reason to distrust Ashani. All right, then. If your friend is going to help us potentially get some information out of these vampires... Let's do that. Yes, at least Salandor will be able to bring it back from its grave with his god's magics. And, well, torturing isn't necessarily against the Asmodean teachers, so <laughs> he won't lose his spells either. But I, I will report back on whatever he finds. It may take him some time, but I'll send him first and get word from him that he has taken one and its coffin away before I send in the Phrasmans to deal with the dead and the other three. Vex eyes kind of tighten the history between this like triumvirate of the people that worshipped Eridan, the people that worshipped Abadar and Asmodeus is uh, a strange dynamic. A lot of people that used to worship Eridan changed teams when Eridan died, and a lot of them started worshipping Avatar. a lot of them started worshipping Asmodeus. Uh, notably, the entire country of Cheliax was a like theocracy of Eridan, or was a country that was created by Eridan that fell into uh, like devil worship afterwards and became a country of Asmodeus. Knowing all of that, Vec is very suspicious of Asmodeans, but they do adhere to even if they are law even if they are evil they adhere to laws so if this man is bound by his word to Ashani well he'll do what he's supposed to do yeah they seem to be just really into like a named gods (laughs) (laughs) I know right (laughs) all I'm gonna say is hey sometimes you gotta hand it to the Asmodeans okay sometimes you do and Vec really doesn't like it 
I, I think, and I may be wrong about this, but I think the primary church of Aridin here got taken over by Asmodians. No. Well, I know there's like the Extrables, but I thought the other one was an Asmodian Oh, uh, you might be right on that. The 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 main church, but yeah, there there were several Abadaran churches in Corvosa, or, or sorry, yeah, Aridin churches in um, Corvosa. So I don't know right. if the if the uh, Asmodeus one is is a former Aridin one or not. And a, a lot of them, yeah, changed teams to Asmodeus yeah. real quick. Okay, right. So then Ashani would lead the group of you to the lockbox. He opens it, and you can... I've identified a vault in the lockbox, because I don't want to make a new. You find a porcelain doll with amber eyes. Looks like it was of better make than almost anything in the in the shop. Mia, you know what to do. Looks like it <laughs> Gross. Was, looks like it was, like, nearly his best work. Obviously, the um, the boy was, you know, the nicest looking doll in the shop. You find some sterling artisan's tools. These are for toy making. And you find some unusual shoes and an unusual mask. Alright, time for some nature checks. Which are you doing it on? I was gonna start with the shoes. Okay. Yeah, I'm starting at the shoes too. Also trying shoes. Shoes. Shoes? With the shoes, I have 22. 24 for back in the religion. What about Sylvie? Uh, 15. Alright. Vec, you were able to identify the shoes. What are those? They are what's known as boots bounding. Oh, cool. These boots give you a plus five foot item bonus to your speed and a plus two item bonus to athletics checks to high jump and long jump. In addition, when you use the leap action, you can move five feet further if jumping horizontally or three feet higher if jumping vertically. So like the best part of it is that they give you the fleet feet, basically. Yeah, these are really good. Yeah. How about the mask? Okay. Same deal. Ooh, really good. Uh, 27. Oh, I also got a 27. Nice. Another 22. Yeah, you've you've all identified these. Or this. This is a mask of mercy. Okay, that's really cool. Once per day. The trigger is you are about to roll a variable number of hit points you restore from an action with the healing trait. The effect is roll twice to determine the number of hit points you restore and take the higher result. Are spells actions? Yeah, spells have the healing trait and our actions. Diego will take that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, the only thing is that you're uh, wearing a demon mask. I know. Yeah, it's it's I'm sorry. I think you're thinking of it the opposite way. Chris, it's it's the person that is doing the healing. That's what it means by you restore. So like the person that's doing the heal action is the yeah, one no, that uses I was making a joke that like oh, okay, that so is, like, okay. <laughs> Diego is obviously not a good recipient for this. Like this is a this is Vec. This is a Vec item. I mean it would be a shame to lose the demon mask. But there's no like there's no slots or anything. You can it's just items invested, so you can oh, have multiple. Shit. Now, there has been a precedent set by our Abadorian friend, Asani Daughtry here, that find us keepers. Pretty sure I saw this first. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's certainly something you have to invest in, but like Chris said, and like I am using kind of as the rules here, because we're already doing it with Sylvie, sometimes the item spot 
is obviously a place where you can't put two items, and sometimes it is not obviously a place where you can put two items. In certain cases, because you can invest 10 items at a time, in certain cases where you're like kind of double dipping, I'm okay with that as a GM. Some GMs aren't, and that's okay, but I'm okay with it as long as you don't receive the benefits from both in the same round of combat. So the way that works is if you were to use this, you could not also intimidate somebody that round with the benefit of your demon mask. I think that's totally fair. That so, makes sense. Question is your demon mask is the bottom half of your face, right? It yep. is. Okay. So here's the thing is this mask of mercy. I did look it up. It is a porcelain angelic face. So I would believe that would be the top half <laughs> of <laughs> your face. Don't forget, I got my spectacles as well. So you're some sort of, uh, you're like two-faced, but up and down. <laughs> oh, God. So you guys have found what appears to be Jatora's, like, his most important items. Mm-hmm. But still no evidence of any sort of coin contamination. Now, I know the plan is likely to sleep after this. Mm-hmm. You got quite a bit of gold as well. Yes, I will want to shop. <laughs> now, so I will remind you of one thing. Uh, you remember in the main market in the city, that was where Eerie's Yellow Eyes was selling her wares. The oh, the wear rat that led you down to uh, the portion of the sewer that had like all the spiders. So you could see if she's there, if you want to do a shopping trip tomorrow and, um, and follow up on the wear rat thing. Or you could um, follow up on this cure thing. But right now, you've kind of dead-ended on the coin thing. Okay, yeah. So I think then it makes sense to go to the market and follow up on all of that while also shopping. Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, Sylvia asked for uh, the man buying a cure from Lavender's shop. To to report back. So at the end of the day, I think it would be good to check for a note to see uh, if he gave us any information. Sure. Remind me, was he supposed to leave that with like Cressida or at the at the Badger and Blade? I think it was at the Badger yes. and Blade. Yep. Yeah, so are you going to your respective houses or are you guys kind of bunking down at Badger and Blade to go shopping tomorrow? It's up to you. Hmm. I'm down for some bunking. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think maybe you guys have some you guys might do that like scene where you're kind of like, you know, you're piecing together the information you have. You're scratching off the dead ends you have because you have you have a decent portion of the afternoon, like the evening still because you're kind of going to bed early. So you maybe do that and you do find a note slid under the door if you'd like to read it. Yes, I would like to read that. Maybe with gloved hands. Smart. So you, so you wear some gloves and you open it up. And uh, the note's relatively simple. It's addressed to Sylvie, but it just says, not quite feeling better yet. I've heard the blotches get worse before they get better. Basically, I'm hoping for the best. Mm. So if it cures somebody, it certainly doesn't cure them immediately. Mm. I did not have much hope that this was an actual cure, but... If it is not offering any assistance to these people, it is just robbing them and giving them false hope for some things that will not help. Hmm. Sorry, I didn't say anything. Uh, I agree. I don't think that they should really be allowed to continue, but I also don't know what kind of jurisdiction we have to be closing down a business like that. We may not have any proof, but 
it is something we could look into, see if there is any thread of truth that they are using, or if it is purely a scam. I think that makes sense, uh, but for today, do we want to basically start with uh, the rat side to help them out? I think so. We don't need to be shutting down businesses when people are being actively persecuted. Let's take care of the people who are being targeted, help them out, and then see what we can do to help others. I think with that, you guys rest for the night, and our vision fades here, and we see a woman dressed in red armor, red leather armor with a red cloak, and she stands at the bottom of a path that leads up along the side of a cliff to an old dilapidated mansion. The waves pound at the base of the cliff. And as she walks forward, we hear the as a ghoul runs toward her and she bisects it with a toothed blade, almost like the arm of a praying mantis. No way. And the ghoul drops. She passes the field of what once looked like a farm up to this building with swirling clouds above it. And you can hear the cawing of so many crows. This is clearly a place of death. She opens the front door and mutters to herself, Now this is it. Oh, Voral Foxglove, <laughs> you were never up to any good. And the house pulses back at her until everything quiets. And she sees pulsing at the end of the foyer the outline of a man in lichen and moss. And for a brief moment, we see it appear to move. But she pays no mind. She begins to scrape it off the wall and into a vial. You'll do nicely. The perfect ingredient. And I think we'll continue the curse campaign next time. Oh my god. <laughs> the Bestow Curse Podcast is a Hideous Laughter Productions show. Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2016. Curse of the Crimson Throne and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, their respective logos, and all Paizo titles, characters, and artwork are properties of Paizo Incorporated and used with permission.